I don't know about any of you, but I've struggled with a lot of insecurity in my life. Some of you have heard me talk about my younger years and how middle school for me was basically painful and miserable. Anybody else? Can I get an amen? Okay. All the jocks are like, no, it was cool. (laughs) Whatever. But it wasn't for me. I was a, a, a chubby little middle schooler. My sister, who's sitting on the front row, wave, sis, can attest to that. She's going to scold me for doing that later. I was chubby. And my brother was like skinny as a rail, right? And uh, I had so many things that made me insecure. So it was my weight. I had a lisp. Um, and so, like, I would slur words. And I was very insecure about that. Um, I was just socially insecure. And so, because I I didn't know how to act uh, confidently, I would overcompensate. Anybody know what I'm talking about when I say socially overcompensate? Don't point fingers, please, at the other people in the room. Um, And so I would. And I remember in middle school in particular, we had these long hallways that went through the high school to get to the middle school. And so you had to go by the high schoolers to get to where you were going, right? And I remember distinctly working on my walk. Come on. <laughs> like, how can I walk so I look confident? And I remember, like, I, I couldn't even tell you what I was doing, but I, I was like, do, do you know how when you try to <coughs> do something, make it look natural? But it ends up look, like, so I was probably going, I don't know what I look like, but it wasn't cool. <laughs> Fake confidence is never going to look cool. Amen? Amen? And so I was so, so like, and we know the, the root of insecurity, right? It's fear. Yeah. Fear that I, I won't be enough, fear that I won't be loved. And for me, that season, like, it really robbed me, that insecurity, lack of confidence robbed me of the opportunity to, to grow into who I was supposed to be. Um, and many of you heard me share, and I, I had some pivotal moments in my freshman year where I kind of pushed through some of that, and I learned some things. But I just thought it open here because how many in the room can relate to insecurity? Like some of you, it was a thing of the past. Some of you are like, I was insecure walking in here this morning. <laughs> and I get it. I feel you. I understand, okay? But Today, I want to talk about a particular kind of insecurity, the kind that comes when we had confidence and then we lose it. And not just lose it, but we lose it for what I'm going to talk about today, kind of a particular reason. We lose it because of repeated, everybody say repeated, repeated unwanted circumstances, repeated setbacks that we didn't see coming. And when you lose confidence, because we had it, and then we lose it, like, that's a hard place to be. And isn't it crazy how quick we can have confidence? Like, I'm going to take over the world. I'm going to go talk to my boss about getting the raise. I'm going to ask that girl out. I'm going to sign up for the gym, right? We have confidence, and then one thing can happen. One thought can pass through our goofy little brain, and then how quick does it take to lose confidence? Just like that. And so when we've lost that confidence, it's a hard place to be. And, and I don't know if anybody can relate because I believe that the body of Christ is strong. It's, it's the strongest organization on the planet because the Spirit of God fuels it. Amen? But I believe and I've seen, and you, you guys have seen this, over the last 18 months, do you think the church has lost confidence as a whole? And many believers, many individuals have lost confidence. Now, uh, I'm so grateful for a godly mother and father-in-law. And uh, we were sitting on the patio earlier this week. And I told Becca and Martha were sitting there with me. And they got a preview of my sermon. I said, the title is, How How to Move with Confidence in Uncertain Times. And she made this look. And I was like, what? And she was like, not uncertain times. She's like, no, that you missed that. That's done. Like, not no, how to move with confidence today. Everybody say, Today. And so there is a reality that there was this thing, a global pandemic that was unwanted, amen? That was unexpected, right? 
And there were so many losses, losses of jobs and losses of friends and family and loss of community and loss of normalcy. So many losses, right? And those, there were tangible things, but then there was also like the intangible things of loss of, a lot of people lost faith. A lot of people lost community. And that loss of community caused them to go into dangerous isolation. Some of you are just coming back out, yeah. right? And some, some of you are still watching online. And you know what? That can be a, it can be a hard season when you get isolated, right? I mean, you hear us talk about this a lot here, that proximity is power. When you lose proximity and you get isolated, that's when the devil's going to take you out. Everybody shout real loud to the online audience. You're not alone. You're not alone. You got community. You got family, even if you're not in the same room. See, that's the beauty of the body of Christ. We don't have to be limited by physical space. Physical spaces are kind of cool. Is everybody glad you're in church this morning? If I say yes! yes. So all these losses, loss, 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 loss. And what it caused a lot of people to lose is confidence. We lost confidence that God can do everything that he said he was going to do. And it put us into, whether we realized it or not, kind of a season of almost mourning. Because when you have so many losses, you got to figure out a way to cope with that, right? And, and what that is, it, it's called mourning. It's called grief. There's five stages of grief. The first one's denial. How many went through that for a while? <laughs> there's anger. There's acceptance. There's this whole stages, right? So because we've been through that, um, I have a message for you today that I think God wanted me to tell everybody in here. Because some of you are still walking around like insecure, chubby Mark in middle school, trying to think, how should I walk? It doesn't look good on you, just like it didn't look good on me. Here's the message. It's time to move forward with confidence. It's time to move forward with confidence. The morning's over. It's time to move. Now, some of you, for most of you, the morning, that lack of confidence, that insecurity, that like, I don't know what's going to happen. See, God's not calling us to move forward timid. He's not calling us to move forward scared. He's not calling us to move forward, listen, you're going to like this, just waiting for the next bad thing to happen. Some of you, you're moving forward, but it's like, <laughs> you're anxious. Some of you have got anxiety. You never had anxiety in your life, right? Yeah, thank you. He did not give, I'll just quote scripture from the front row here. It works. He did not give you a spirit of fear, but a spirit of what? Power and love and a sound mind. He's not calling you to move forward timidly and weakly and with insecurity. He is calling you to move forward in faith with confidence that everything he said he's going to do, he will do. Your faith, your confidence is not dependent upon your circumstances. It is dependent upon the God on the inside of you. It's time to move. Look at somebody say, it's time to move. It's time to shift our expectation. We've, we've taught a lot on this. That now Hebrews 11, 1, now faith is the substance of things hoped for. And some of you are like, my faith's not working. No, no, it's working. But it is giving you the substance of the things you hope for. What is hope? Hope is our confident expectation. So whatever you are confidently expecting, that's what your faith will manifest. Marshall was confidently expecting a car. I mean, wasn't expecting a free car, but hello. He was expecting a car. What did he get? He got a car. A free car, because God will do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or imagine. So some of you, you've been expecting the next bad thing, the next setback, the next letdown, the next global whatever, the next financial whatever, the next health whatever. And it's time to shift our expectations, so because if you don't shift your expectations, you're not going to be able to move with confidence. You're going to be like moving with trepidation. Like, well, I'm, I'm, I'm moving, but I'm just, I'm bracing myself. 
I have a suggestion for you. If, if that's how you've been feeling. Stop it! Stop it. All right, so how about we dive into this? Uh, I'm gonna give you a ton of scripture today, all right? So if you're not a note taker, you should take notes today. Today's the day to take notes. Pull out your phone, pull out your journal, because um, I'm gonna quote so much scripture, you probably won't be able to keep up. I'm not giving you, this is not a message just to rah-rah and shake you up and be like, woo, we're gonna move forward with confidence. I'm gonna give you the word of God foundation so that you can become unshakable. But it's not like a microwave thing here. Like you won't get it, like you're gonna hear it today, you can sink in, but this one takes time. Everybody say it takes time. So we're gonna give you tools. I'm gonna give you four essentials to advance. Like I like that better than move, don't you? Like, because advance is like intentionality. Advance is, there's an enemy, but we got more power than him. Everybody say advance. All right, four essentials to advance. Number one, know your source of confidence. Because we're talking about advancing with confidence, right? Know your source of confidence. This is not a message to say, you're awesome and powerful, and you can move forward with confidence. I mean, I think you're awesome, all of you, really. Especially you, Terry. Totally awesome. But if Terry's only moving forward on his awesomeness, how do you... You guys know that that confidence that comes from his awesomeness is temporary and largely based on circumstances, right? Because if he has a great week in his business, he's feeling awesome. But if he has a setback in his business, is he feeling awesome, yes or no? No. Because confidence based on this is about that deep. How many would like to take it deeper? If so, say yes. So know your source. Because this, the confidence we're talking about here is the deep kind. It's the kind that comes, comes because the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is living on the inside of you. It's the kind of confidence that comes because Jesus gave you the keys to the kingdom. Whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. Whatever you bound in or loose on, on heaven is loosed on earth. You got authority. Look at something and say, you got authority. Habakkuk 3.19 in the Amplified, said that, this is so good, guys, you're gonna love this. Habakkuk 3.19, in the Amplified, the Lord God is my strength. Who's your strength? Know your source. The Lord God is my strength, my source of courage, my invincible army. He has made my feet steady and sure, like Heinz feet. That's a, like an old school reference but hind's feet is like, like those mountain goats and those deer that like they climb on mountains and stuff like that you shouldn't be able to do, but they got hind's feet. They're sure, they're steady. Steady and sure like hind's feet and makes me walk forward with spiritual confidence on my high places of challenge and responsibility. Man, I love the Bible. So where's your source? The Lord God. So when, not if, by the way, when you begin to doubt that you can do what God called you to do, that you can walk into the room and show up the way he called you to show up, when you begin to doubt that, you've got to remember your source, your source of courage and strength. Because most of us, Myself included, by the way. By the way, I'll just go ahead and say, well, I'll, I'll wait. Now you got to stick around and see what I'm going to say there, huh? <laughs> Most of us move into our life from a place of, I'm going to go do what God called me to do. And we try to have confidence and we try to remember that he's our source. But when we're back up and we're backed against the wall, we're backed up and we look over our shoulder and we're like, oh crap, I'm alone. Like I, I thought I had people behind me, but like I feel alone. I mean, they got their own thing going on and church people are doing this and my friends are doing this and my family are in another state or they're occupied with other things. And so when we look over our shoulder, we feel alone. And it's hard to have confidence when you're alone. The Lord God, he is the source of my courage. He is my, did you 
Read that. My invincible army. So this is a very weak demonstration of that verse. But this is how we typically go in. Oh, I'm behind, no one behind me. But how we should go in is like this. I'm advancing, and then I look over my shoulder. What's up, team? What's up, invincible army? Come up against something big, and I'm like, Charlie, take care of this. Come up against the giant. Hey, Marshall. Come up against something I don't know. I, I just look back and see who's in my invincible army, who's got the weapon that I need, the knowledge that I need, the resource that I need. That's what Marshall did. He said, hey, invincible army, I need a car. He wasn't alone. Did you notice how he said, in the past, I wouldn't have done that? How many can relate to that? If so, say yes or yes. Just, just trying to help you all be honest. You got an invincible army behind you. And this is just small potatoes compared to all the armies of heaven on your behalf. You have reason to have confidence because God is backing you. God has got your back. We have this confidence in Christ Jesus. You don't have to be scared. You don't have to back up. And see, there is power when we keep our eyes on him. You know, remember Peter walking on water, right? He stepped out of the boat, and what did he do? Well, first, he stepped out, and he did what? He walked on water. Anybody else here walked on water recently? He did the impossible. See, when you know your source, he didn't walk out on that water. He said, that's the Lord. I can step out on the water and do the impossible because the Lord told me to do it. I got confidence stepping out of that boat. And he started walking. He's like, yeah. And then he went, and then he started sinking because he had to get his eyes back on Jesus. Some of you used to have confidence. You, Pre-COVID, you had confidence, and you, you had confidence in your career, confidence in your marriage. I got so many friends, clients, that are like trying to get into marriage counselor in the book for months because some people's confidence was about that deep in their marriage because it was relying on them instead of the God on the inside of them. When you know your source and you keep your eyes on Jesus, you don't step out on your own. You step out with a confidence that as long as I keep my eyes on him, I know my source, I know my courage, I know I got an invincible army. If I start to slip, they're going to pick me up. Know your source. Because then it says when, when you do that, you can walk forward with spiritual confidence. How many want some of that? And you walk forward with spiritual confidence into your high places of challenge and responsibility. There are some challenges that God has equipped you to overcome. Stop praying for God to get you out of them and start recognizing that he put something on the inside of you to overcome them. There are challenges that you are equipped to overcome because there are responsibilities that are assigned to your destiny. There are people watching you. There are people counting on you to step up and be who God designed you to be. I want you to feel the weight of that. If you fold under the challenges, you don't get to step into your responsibilities. If you fold under the challenges, the people, like, Pastor, how many heard that message about get your roar back a couple weeks ago? And Pastor said, you need to get your roar back because your kids need to hear your roar. They don't always need you to be a lamb. They need to hear the roar, the confidence of the lion. So I want you to feel the weight of that responsibility. But here, this is important. If you feel the weight, because that's weighty, right? They're like, there's some people's eternity hanging in the balance with what you do. But I don't want you to feel the weight without knowing where your source is. Because if you feel the weight and you think, I got to carry that because God put all this giftings and skill in me and intelligence and, and connections. And so, like, I got to feel this weight and I got to do it on my own. That will lead to frustration and discouragement. 
So I want you to feel the weight with the full knowledge of who your source is. Because that leads to transformation. That leads to changing people's lives. Everybody say, know your source. Is this helping anybody? Essential number two, know how to access and activate your confidence. Know where it comes from, but then know how to access and activate. Now, here's what I was getting ready to say a little bit ago, but I, I, I paused. I do not journal to write sermons for you. But sometimes when I journal, God says that needs to be a sermon. Everything I'm preaching to you today came out about of a 30-day period where I was struggling with having the confidence to move forward to advance and do what God was asking me to do. And I was like, God was like, some other people might need to hear how I helped you navigate that. Because when I go to my journal, I'm saying, all right, God, how how do I get through this? And this point here, how to access and activate it on a particularly low day, tired, exhausted, overwhelmed. Anybody know what I'm talking about? The rest of you asleep because you're too tired, apparently. (laughs) He took me back to these verses. He reminded me of this. Hebrews 4. I'm reading out of the Passion Translation. Now, God has offered to us the promise of entering into his realm of resting and confident faith. So we must be extremely careful to ensure that we all embrace the fullness of that promise. By the way, some of you got a measure, but we're going for fullness today. We're going for a foundation that makes you unshakable. The fullness of that promise and not fail to experience it. When, when God took me to this, I was failing miserably at experiencing this, at embracing this. And he had to remind me, Mark, you're not accessing and activating the confidence in the right way. Mark, you're trying to do it on your own. You're trying to be smart enough to get confidence. You're trying to make enough money to be confident. You're trying to protect your wife and your kids enough to be confident. And he was like, that's not how this works, Mark. That's how the world works, but it's not how the kingdom works. Verse two, for we have heard the good news of deliverance just as they did, yet they didn't join their faith with the word. Instead, what they heard didn't affect them deeply. Why? For they doubted. For those of us who believe, faith activates. Everybody say activate. Faith activates the promise. And we experience the realm of confident rest. Confident rest, confident faith. How many want that? We see a lot in these verses, right? That we have to choose to enter that. It's available, fully available, the full promise for every single one of us. But we have to choose to enter into that. It doesn't happen by working our way into it. It happens by trusting our way into it. There's not an issue of God's provision for you. How many are going through some stuff in your life that you don't have all the answers? Just say yes. Whatever answer and solution you need, whether it's a new car or healing in your marriage or favor in your business, a job, peace after going through a time of mourning and grief, which by the way, I'm not diminishing your circumstances. Some of you have had some things happen more recently and you're still in that mourning and grieving place. I understand that. I'm not diminishing that. But regardless of what has happened, there, ha- there comes a point where you have to acknowledge that I have the power to choose Therefore, I have the power to change. You got to take it back. You have to take back that God-given power to choose to move forward. So, it has nothing to do with God's provision. It's on us to activate the promise so that we can experience confident rest, confident faith. I wrote this down just this morning. Let me read this. When the word is not affecting you deeply, Right, you heard that phrase in the, in the verse we just read. It's not evidence 
of a deficiency of God's word, it's evidence of the presence of doubt. Some of you had, have looked and said, I don't have peace. I don't have confident rest, confident peace. And, and we can get to the place that, well, the word isn't working. We, we start bargaining like Marshall was talking about with God. And instead, we should be looking to say, okay, God, where's the doubt that we need to eradicate? That, that verse in the gospel, the man said to Jesus, I believe, help me in my unbelief, right? So that we can begin to move forward. Um, any Marvel Universe fans out there? Man, we need to get this church more sanctified. <laughs> We're having a movie night this summer, everybody. We're going to have a movie marathon on a Saturday. All right, let me see if I can do this illustration still, because only five of you are going to get it. They talk in the Marvel Universe about the nine realms of the universe. The nine realms. And every one of them is very unique and very different, right? Like Asgard is a realm. That's where Thor's from. Some of you girls, you don't even watch the Marvel Universe, but you know who Thor is. The nine realms, everyone unique, distinct. There's different cultures, there's different rules and laws, different ways of existing, different planets. When we enter the realm of rest, of confident faith, you, you tracking with me now? Come on, that's good, right? It's like a whole nother world. It's like I was existing over here in this world with its rules and conditions and circumstances and pressures and difficulties and pains, and then I stepped into a new realm called God's confident rest, and I'm like, whoa, it feels different up in here. Like, you mean I don't have to function with all that junk that I was functioning with over there? I can move into a new realm? Yes, you can. Now, not if we hold on to our doubt and unbelief, but faith, it said, activates. So we've got to know how to access and activate it. It's not through our works, it's through our rest. Let me read, jumping down to verse nine in there. It says, so we conclude that there's still a full and complete Sabbath rest waiting for believers to experience. As we enter into God's faith rest life, don't you love that language? That's why I love this particular, it's paraphrase, it's not a word for word translation. We enter into God's faith, rest, life. Sounds like another realm, doesn't it? We cease from our own works, just as God celebrates his finished works and rests in them. So then we must be eager to experience this faith, rest, life, so that no one falls short by following the same pattern of doubt and unbelief. Faith, rest, life. That's what God has for you. Jesus himself, he said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Some of you I know, you're discouraged. You've been beat down. You've lost all confidence to be able to move forward. And today, God just sent me to encourage you and tell you, it's gonna be okay. Trust me. So stop trying to work your way into confidence and start believing and receiving your way into confidence. Your confidence is not gonna come from your works, your ability to make it happen, your ability to fix stuff. In fact, how many fixers in the room? Come on, it's, it's a safe place. Come on, if you're a fixer, raise your hand. Kimberly, you're on the front row. Come on, you're my sister. I know you're a fixer. Okay. <laughs> She was delayed because she was nodding her head so hard. No. My sister's amazing. Um, fixers, right? We want to fix it. We don't fix our way into rest. We don't fix our way into confidence. We believe and receive our way into it. You want a, a good starting point for that? How about real practical? Go back to what that verse said. There's a full and complete Sabbath rest. Man, we don't talk about the Sabbath much in church. The Sabbath is the seventh day. God created for six, and then on the seventh, he, he rested. I don't know, novel idea. You, you want to put this principle into action in your life? Begin to practice Sabbath rest. It's not just taking a day off. 
It's stepping back from all the work, all the stuff that is pressure, all the stuff that is expectation, which by the way, in our world today, takes some work and some intentionality to be able to step away from one day and unplug from your phone and technology and the pressure and the responsibilities, right? You can't be like, I'm going to start a Sabbath, and then you lose your job and your, your kids get kicked off the team and like, it takes intentionality. You want to access and activate confident the faith, rest, life in your life? It's going to take intentionality. And Sabbath is a great way to do it. When we went to Israel, um, they practiced Sabbath. It is like a national holiday every single week. Businesses shut down. Everything shuts down. They don't do any work. And they focus on what fills them and restores them and what connects them to God. That's true rest. That's true Sabbath. It's not just taking a day off and watching Netflix all day. So we're like, I do a Sabbath. No, no, you, no, no, you don't. Are you reconnecting to the Father? Are you realigning your faith? Are you getting back into the Word and trust and prayer and communing and conversing with God and doing some things that fill your tank? Like we went kayaking and canoeing yesterday. It was awesome. Filled my tank so much. That's true Sabbath. So commit to Sabbath rest. That's a very good practical application for that. If you want some help on that, there's a great book called The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. Uh, there's a whole chapter on Sabbath. It's really, really good. Another one is uh, Gordon McDonald has a book called Ordering Your Private World. That's absolutely fabulous. All right, you ready for number three? Uh-oh, I better hurry up. Is this helping anybody? I'm telling you, these aren't just points I'm preaching. You can take these and digest and devour these scriptures so it begins to change how you think and live. All right, number three, choose to focus on what increases confidence. See, I've been stirring you and giving you the word and giving you inspiration. You want to get practical? Point number three, choose to focus on what increases confidence. Philippians 4.1, therefore, my brothers and sisters, you whom I love and long for my joy and crown, Stand firm. Everybody say, stand firm. Sounds like be confident, doesn't it? Be unshakable, be immovable. Don't flinch in the face of circumstances. Stand firm. How? Again, we're back to this, in the Lord. Know your source, right? So that's step one, know your source in the Lord. Then step two, jump down to verse four. I'm gonna give you a list of things that the Bible tells us if we set our attention on that, it began to change us. Philippians 4, verse 4, yeah, verse 4. Be cheerful with joyous celebration in every season of your life. Let your joy overflow. Everybody say joy. joy. Everybody say celebrate. celebrate. So I'm just going to highlight here as I read through this, the things that you can set your focus on. Again, because I said it earlier, you got the power to choose, therefore the power to change. It's time for some of you, you've been focusing on junk. Horrible stuff. It's time for you to take back your power. You know what? Let me, let me just rattle this list. There are things that we can focus on that are guaranteed not to increase our confidence. I mean, most, we, most of us here know them really, really well. Um, most of them, you, get the, you make them up in your head. Most of them aren't even real. They're worries that aren't even going to happen. Some of them happen, but you're focused on things like unwanted circumstances. That was like, the lob there, like, duh. But if you focus on your unwanted circumstances, are they going to go away? You're going to get more of them. So don't focus on unwanted circumstances. By the way, there's a verse in Romans 8, 28 that says, all things work together for the good of those that love God and are called according to the purpose. Another verse says, what the devil intended for evil, God will bring good out of. So I don't care what's happening in your life. God is still in control. He is still on the throne. Not only is he on the throne, but he seated you at the right hand of God the Father in heavenly places. Gave you the keys of the kingdom. Don't be focused on unwanted stuff. Realize that God's, if it ain't good yet, God's not done yet. Now, now, hold on. I didn't say your life's gonna be perfect and sunshine and roses and you'll never have a problem. No, no, no. But perseverance produces hope and hope won't disappoint, right? Don't, hope is what? Confident expectation when you're going through junk and hard, hard stuff, don't focus on the junk. Focus on the goodness of God. Because when you shift that focus, everything shifts. So don't focus on unwanted circumstances. Don't focus on all the mistakes you've made. 
Look at somebody and say, he's talking to you. Some of you are pros at this one. You focus on everything you've done wrong. You can focus on the skills or resources you don't have. You can focus on the failures and the pain in the past. You can focus on other people's successes because when you do that, you start to compare, and comparison is the thief of joy. If you are focused on any of those junky, horrible things, I have wisdom and encouragement, edification for you this morning. Stop it! Please, 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 for the love of God. Stop focusing on that stuff. It will destroy your confidence. It will paralyze and immobilize you. It will cause you to isolate. It will cause you to miss God's destiny. It will cause the people that are counting on you to step into your high places of challenge and responsibility. It'll cause them to lose their destiny. To run from God because if the God you're serving can't take you through some hard stuff, then they're not going to want to follow that God. It's time to shift your focus. So what can you focus on? Celebrate, celebrate, celebrate with joy. Let's keep reading. And let gentleness be seen in every relationship for our Lord is ever near. You want to focus on something? How about a point just for parents? Oh, no, it's not. Parents, bosses, friends. What if you focused on gentleness instead of being harsh? What if you focused on a kind word instead of a correcting word? What if you said for the next week, I'm not going to say no to my kid. I'm just going to tell them all the things they got right. Okay, maybe not a week, but you, you get the idea. <laughs> Gentleness. That's a focus. I'm going to be gentle. I'm going to be kind. I'm going to be loving. Gentleness. Verse 6, don't be pulled in different directions or worried about a thing. There's that other focus, that worry, worry. Don't focus on worry or worried about a thing. But instead, be saturated in prayer throughout each day. You want to focus? Prayer. Pray more. Pray more. Let everything be prayer. When something happens, pray. When something good happens, pray. When something bad happens, pray. Pray, 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 pray. Be saturated in prayer. What kind of prayer? Um, offering your faith-filled request. You want another focus? Faith. What's faith do? Faith activates, doesn't it? Confident reps. Stay in prayer. Stay, don't, some of you have been praying, and it's like a gossip session with God. Oh, my goodness. Stop going to God in prayer to complain, to tell him, like, Marshall, like, hey, man, like, I did this. Like, what, come on. Like, when you're going to fill your in here, God, trying to tell God how to do his job. <laughs> That's a good one. Stop that. Faith-filled requests. Faith-filled requests. Keep reading there. Before God with overflowing gratitude. Oh my goodness. If you stay in gratitude, the devil can't touch you. You want to focus? Be grateful. Listen, you can take every single thing I'm giving you and make it your focus this week, and your week will be radically different. You're going to be walking around with confidence like, hello. You look cooler than I just did, though. Still working on my walk, okay? Tell him every detail of your life. What's that, by the way? That's trust. Tell him every detail because, like, you can't fix it all. Then God's wonderful peace. How many want some more of that? Peace, will tra which transcends human understanding, will guard your heart and mind through Christ Jesus. Trust him. Trust him. Go to him for peace, not to your circumstances. Keep your thoughts continually fixed. Everybody say fixed. Now, here's just a, a laundry list. Like, pick any of them on everything that's authentic and real. Honorable and admirable beautiful and respectful, pure and holy, merciful and kind. Now, how many think those are, those are some, that's a really good list, right? Here's a good practical application for you. If you have things in your life that don't line up with that list, what benefit is it bringing? Could you maybe make a decision today to cut that out? Some of you, your, your news feed is filled with so much junk and divisiveness and whining and moaning and groaning. If I was on your news feed, I'd be, I'd be discouraged too. Now, here's the thing. I was there before and I had a bunch of junk in my news feed. You know what I did? 
there's this wonderful thing. It's called unfriending, unfollowing. Use it, please. My, my news feed is curated with awesomeness. Oh, sheer awesomeness, encouragement and motivation and the word of God and faith-filled people and people celebrating other people. Get the junk out. I'm just gonna teach here, sorry. And then it says, and fasten your thoughts on every glorious work of God, praising him always. You wanna focus, praise him. Just praise him, praise him. Praise him when things are good, praise him when things are bad, praise him in the morning, praise him in the evening, praise him at lunchtime. Praise him. Be an example to your kids of what praise looks like. Praise him. Look at somebody and say, praise him. Praise Romans 12, 2, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. These things are what you set your mind on, according to the word of God. I mean, we could go for days and more scriptures, but all of it is you making a decision. God cannot come down. He's, he's not an alien. Like, you know, the whole, gonna put the probe into your brain and like recondition your brain, right? No, he's a gentleman. He loves you. He gives you all of this. It's all completely available to you, but you have to choose it. You have to choose it. It's your choice. It's not my choice. It's not the person sitting next to your choice. Some of you have been waiting on your spouse to get your faith and confidence back up. Take back your power, sir. Take back your power, ma'am. Don't rely on anybody else to get you where you need to go. Now, you understand that I'm saying that in context. It just said don't get isolated, right? But don't count on anybody else to do what you're supposed to do. Don't try to delegate your responsibility because it does not work that way. You have to take it back. All right. Point number four, you ready? We'll do this one quick. But this one's super, super important. Number four. Stay in step with the Spirit. And, everybody say and. And do your part. Stay in step with the Spirit. I'm gonna rattle a bunch of verses. You can write references down if you want them. Galatians 3.3. Are you so foolish after beginning by means of the Spirit? Are you now trying to finish by means of the flesh? Life is a spiritual game, people. Like we gotta be in the Spirit. Zechariah 4, 6, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord Almighty. Again, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead is living on the inside of you. Greater is he who is in you than he that is in this word. It's the spirit of God, Galatians 5, 25. Since we live by the spirit, let us keep in step with the spirit. So you can't do this. I can't do this without the spirit of God. If you don't have a relationship with God today, Yet, you're sitting here and you're like, well, I don't have no spirits in, I don't know what he's talking about, spirit inside of me. We, we can take care of that before you leave today. You can begin a relationship with God, and guess what? You don't have to qualify. There's no application. Like, you get saved and the spirit of God comes in. You get the same power. Same power. Galatians 5, and 23. Let me read this to you in the Passion Translation. But the fruit produced by the Holy Spirit. Everybody say fruit. Mm. The Holy Spirit within you is divine love in all its varied expressions, joy that overflows, peace that seduces, patience that endures, kindness in action, a life full of virtue, faith that prevails, gentleness of heart, and strength of spirit. Never set the law, the do's and don'ts, but what you have to do above these, for they are meant to be limitless. Limitless. Verse 25, if the Spirit is the source of your life, noticing the theme here, know your source, know your source. If the Spirit is the source of your life, we must allow the Spirit to direct every aspect of our life. So we must, say we must. We must stay in step with the Spirit. But here's what I want you to understand. We cannot stay in step with the Spirit if we're moving, if we're not moving. Come here, James, real quick. Jump up here, James. Stay in step with me, okay. but don't move. See, see, he can't. I mean, this is obvious, right? But we got a bunch of Christians that are like, I'm staying in step with the Spirit, but I'm not going anywhere. And we got Spirit-filled, 
same power that raised Jesus from the dead, living on the inside of him, faith-filled, praising God. I'm believing God. I'm going to change the world. I want to make a difference every day and in every way. He wants to do that, and the Spirit's moving. And he's saying, God, when are you going to drop it out of heaven? God, give, give me the blessing. God, fix my problems. God, take me out of this. And the Spirit said, I'm sure, like, if you would just come, I could show you, but you're not in step with me. The Spirit is not stationary. The Spirit of God did not come into you to sit you still, to let you bide your time till you get to heaven. The Spirit is moving. He is active. He is alive. He's ready to change and transform. But if you are stationary and he's moving, you cannot stay in step with him. Thank you, James. So if you want to stay in step with the Spirit, you've got to do your part, which means you have to make some decisions to move. It's time to move. You can't have confident faith rest kind of like, now you guys see the, the paradigm here, right? I just did a whole point about don't work your way into confidence. Rest and believe and have faith. So that's still true, right? This is the, the kingdom doesn't operate the world the way the world operates. So there's this place of you gotta be completely rested and whole and at peace in him. And then and I'm staying in step with the spirit. The, the, the spirit of God is limitless on the inside of me. I trust him. He's my source. He's my invincible army. What's up, guys? And all that is true. And he still gives me the choice, the responsibility to move forward with spiritual confidence into my high places of challenge and responsibility. He still says, you got a responsibility to move. Everybody say, it's time to move. Say, let's go. James 2.17, in the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is? It's dead. It's dead. It's dead. It's dead. Too many Christians got complacent and stationary over the last 18 months. Some of the last 18 years. It's time to move again. It's time to get into action again. It's time to let the world hear our roar again. John 15, 16. Mm, This is so good. I love the Bible. I love the Bible. You did not choose me. This is Jesus, red letters. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go. Everybody say go. See, go's moving. Go's advancing. Go's not like waiting for me to do it so that you might go. It didn't say so that I can go and then like I can do it all and then you can take the credit and be like peaceful and like elevate into heaven. He chose you so that you could go. You have to choose to go. You have to choose to move in the spirit, in step with the spirit, but you got to choose to go. That you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give it to you. He saved us with an assignment to go and bear fruit. One last verse, 2 Timothy 1.9. He saved us and called us. Saved us and called us to a holy life not because of anything you've done, but because of his own purpose and grace. The grace that was given us in Christ Jesus before the beginning of time. We gotta stay in step. And we gotta do our part. Some of you, that's gonna be your biggest takeaway today. Because it was kind of the, the culminating thing here, right? Some of you have been waiting You've been waiting for acknowledgement and permission and for circumstances to be just right, to have all the answers. And God's saying, no, no, you're you're in step with me. We're moving. We we on the move, son. We on the move, dog. We're going to figure it out as we go, but you got the power of God in you to figure it out as you go. Believers should have a bias toward action, a bias toward movement, not a bias toward stagnation, because that can lead to mediocrity. Again, again, trust, faith, trust, 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 faith, 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 rest, rest, rest. But know that he's not, listen, Jesus went to the desert for 40 days and 40 nights. 
And then for the next three years, he was on the move. So that rest, that's that um, solitude of getting alone till you're not alone anymore, sets you up to move the way he's created you to move. He destined and ordained for you to move in step with him to be all that he's called you to be. How many watched the, the Chosen on uh, YouTube? If you haven't checked it out, it is all that and then some of what people have talked about. The Chosen, it's free. It's on YouTube. It is a Bible series that's produced very, very well done. And there's a scene in season two, episode two, between Philip, who's the more experienced disciple because he was a disciple with John and then he came to be with Jesus, and Matthew, the tax collector. This young kid who became ostracized from all the Jews because he took a job as a tax collector working for the Romans. Nobody liked Matthew. Talk about insecurity, right? And in this scene, Matthew's struggling with this new way of Jesus. Struggling. He just doesn't get it because his life has always been about performance and about approval. And he didn't get it from his Jewishness. So then he decided to perform by becoming a tax collector and he, he was willing to take the hate of others so that he could have a position and status and perform at a high level, be better than other people. And Philip lovingly, kindly, with a smile on his face, looks at Matthew and he says this, what matters is Jesus chose you. That's where your confidence comes from now. That's where your confidence comes from now. It's time to move. Now, what does that look like? can look like a lot of things. It could look like as a parent, instead of waiting and holding back and praying to God to fix your kid or to help them break out of their rebellion or help them get some new friends, and you're passively, passively sitting back waiting for that to happen and God to drop the miracle out of heaven, moving with confidence, doing your part, might look like leaning into that relationship and leading them. You're the parent, not the best friend. Step up, lead, move, set the boundaries, make the decisions, draw the line in the sand because you refuse to allow the future of your child to be in someone else's hand. God will honor your faith and your movement and your intentionality, but he's not going to do it all for you. You have a responsibility Singles who want to be in a relationship and you've been praying and praying and praying and praying and they haven't been like prime delivered to your doorstep yet. It might mean that instead of looking for love and acceptance from someone else, you start loving yourself <laughs> the way God loves you. Seeing yourself the way he sees you. Doing the work to become secure in your identity in him so that you don't need it from someone else. But then, in step with the Spirit, right? Like, get in step, know your source. But then, you're not going to isolate yourself and wait for God to deliver it for you. You're going to get out there. You might go to a restaurant, join a club, online dating. Like, literally, I feel like 50% of the people I talk to like they met their spouse through online dating. It's not, it's not crazy like it used to be, and it's not a lack of faith. It might be you doing your part. Because when you're secure in him, you know your source, then when, when you walk into the room and they're, they're across the room, you're going to move. You're not going to wait. You're going to move. I Man, I've got to work on this walk thing. You're going to respond to that DM. You're going you're gonna to get out there. It might mean um, that instead of praying about your finances, you start doing your part. I'm not in a hurry here. 
tithe. Be obedient in your finances. Get a budget. (laughs) Do your part so that God can bless. Now, some of you, you're not there. It might mean that you're going to, instead of waiting for God to bring all those big sales, you're going to walk into that with confidence. Some of you, God told you to go after, pitch somebody, a big client, a big lead. He told you months ago to do it, but you haven't had the confidence. And today you're going to make a decision to move into that in the spirit and do your part. Some of you are going to start a business, create another stream of income because you're not going to wait for God to do all the work. You're going to do your part. Some of you want ministry and you know you're called. Stop waiting for someone to give you a position and title and just step into the everyday things of ministry. At your work, in your home, in your neighborhood. Doing the things that are put before you to do. For some of you, it may mean, no, no, no. For all of you, it probably means texting city to that number that are going to put back on the screen, like right now. Because stop asking for ways to make a difference if you're not willing to do your part. You can change our city by saying yes, doing your part. Some of you, your step forward, the very practical step forward is stop hiding out and avoiding facing the challenges that are in your life right now. You're hiding from the hard things and you're trying to pray your way out of it and God's saying, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is living on the inside of you. Greater is he who is in you than he that's in this world. Everything you need to overcome that challenge is in you. Some of you got some toxic relationships that it's way past due for you to set the boundaries that create, have, give it the potential to be healthy. Stop avoiding that. Stop getting beat up like a punching bag because you're a king's kid. God didn't put you on this planet as a punching bag. He put you on this planet as a lion that roars. Some of you, it's in your marriage. There's challenges there. You've been avoiding it, and it's time. Some of you, it's in your business or your career. Some of you, you've known for a while that God said you're supposed to shift careers and go into a completely different career. And today's the day that you say, you know what? I know I'm in step with the Spirit, but I haven't moved. Today's the day I move. Maybe you say, I'm going to do a one, two, three-day fast, just like Jesus did before he got moving for three years. Solid just to make sure I'm in step, but then I'm going to move. I'm going to make the shift. I'm going to do it with courage. Every single one of us in this room, there is something, one area of your life where you've been waiting and it's time to take back that God-given confidence and make a decision to move in. I want you to bow your heads right now. Holy Spirit, I just pray that right now you reveal to every person in the room what is the one. Everybody say one. Some of you are like thinking of 62 things. Don't do that. Just one. Just one. Just one. Just one. God, reveal to them. Holy Spirit, reveal to them right now what is the one area that they've been waiting. And God, you are renewing their confidence, their faith right now so they can do their part so that they can step into being who you've called them to be and doing what you've called them to do. Reveal it to them now. If you need to say your own prayer, just ask God to say, God, show me right now. Like, he's gonna do it right now, guys. Like We don't need a 32-hour fast for this. He's gonna reveal it to you right now. One thing, one thing. What is it, God? Speak, Holy Spirit. If you got your one thing, would you mind just slipping your hand up in the air? Yeah. God doing his part. God doing his part. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, 
This has been a whole message about moving, so I wouldn't be pastoring you well if I didn't give you opportunity to take a first step. So if God's been speaking to you and he's given you an area where you need to move, or maybe you don't know it yet, but you're committed to saying to keep asking until he shows you. And again, this shouldn't take long, guys. You know what's going on in your life. He knows what's going on. I want you to step to this altar right now. It's a first step of faith to activate, to activate moving in step with the Holy Spirit. Some of you are going to stand up and start walking and God's going to do it, give it to you as soon as you walk. Hallelujah. By the way, while they're walking, some of you have been living on the fringes. Joe, you were one. Like you've been here for a minute. I think you're serving somewhere. I'm not sure where. But God's taking you from I'm new here and I'm on the fringe to front lines. That's not position. That's mindset. That's putting my shoulder behind it. That's being willing to serve in whatever God puts before me. No more on the fringes. You were created. There's a lion on the inside of you ready to move. 